Hello, and welcome to the VIP Home Podcast. Today we have Jeff from the NFPA. It's so nice to have you today. Jeff, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been with the NFPA, and what has gotten you into this you know, passion of electrical, you know, fire and safety. Uh, thanks, Dana. And it's a pleasure to be with you today. Um, my name is Jeff Sargent. My role at NFPA is I'm a principal specialist. I work in the codes and standards development piece of uh, NFPA. And I am the staff liaison, which essentially is project manager for mm -hmm. the National Electrical Code uh, Project. Um, I have been at NFPA since uh, 1997, so I'm uh, I have 26 years in counting, um, and it's been uh, just a terrific career. I started out my career in the electrical industry as an electrician, and I worked as an electrical inspector, and I realized how important the NEC was, um, not only in what I did, but you know, the end user and how it impacted people's lives. Um, we use electricity for just about everything, you know, a multitude of tasks. And uh, the expectation on the part of the end user is that it's going to work safely. And that's why I'm so passionate about what I do, because what we do in the NEC, what I did as an installer, as an inspector, it's making people's lives better. Um, the use of electricity, as I say, is is so prevalent and it's getting more so um, that uh, it's it's great to be a part of um, the industry and the piece of the industry that makes people's lives safer. Um, you know, the NEC is over 125 years old. And that's the other piece the, the legacy of it and how it's evolved with the electrical industry and society's insatiable demand um, for electrical usage and uh, um, power, it's uh, it's really been, it's a great experience. So I've been in it uh, for about a fifth of the year of the uh, time frame that the NEC has been available. <laughs> That's wonderful. So you, you pretty much know it all. That's, it's a lot of interesting things that you've done to lead you where you are today in the industry. And we appreciate you and what you do and how, you know, important it is to keep everybody safe. Yeah. And, you know, um, one of the upsides of working at NFPA mm -hmm. is working with our technical committees because uh, in the NEC project alone, we have close to 500 committee members wow. and they represent all different segments of the electrical industry. And there are just some really passionate and very intelligent people that are part of the process and, and they're volunteers. They're not paid by NFPA. <laughs> they believe in the mission of NFPA and the mission of the national electrical code. And they devote a lot of time to making the code better every three years when we revise. Well, that's wonderful. Well, today we're going to be talking about pool and electrical safety, which is super important, especially, you know, as we're getting into the spring months and people will start opening their pools. So as we know, electricity and water just don't mix at all. And people love to take a dip in the pool and relax in the hot tub. So what is an important safety tip that homeowners need to know when it comes 
to electricity in their pool and or hot tubs. You know, Dana, I thought about this and and um, I'm going to start at a really high level okay. because with when someone has a pool or a hot tub installed, they have the professionals come in and do the work. The electrical people do provide the electrical installation. And then the electrical inspector comes and makes sure it's done properly. But then the whole installation gets turned over to the homeowner. So I think one of the most important points, um, and again, as I said earlier, people take uh, for granted that the electrical installation is going to be safe. But with pools and hot tubs, particularly outside, they're subject to a fairly um, harsh environment, um, sun, uh, the corrosive environment of some of the pool chemicals. Mm -hmm. So those all have an impact on the electrical installation. When it's brand new, it's, you know, in perfect working order. Right. But pools are in for 20 or 25 or 30 years. Mm -hmm. um, people need to understand that their electrical system associated with a pool needs periodic maintenance or inspection to make sure that initial safety um, zone that's created by the electrical installation is being maintained. Um, it's so important because like you started out saying, it's ingrained into us that water and electricity don't mix, but with a swimming pool or a hot tub or spa, we put people into a body of water that has electrical pumps, it has lights, mm -hmm. all electrically powered. And again, the, their expectation is when they get in, it's going to be safe. Um, and for most homeowners, unlike a commercial application where, you know, or an institutional swimming pool where you may have maintenance staff, mm -hmm. you know, employed, right. the homeowner becomes the, the maintenance staff. And so they, they need to be very familiar with the safety components of that uh, of, of their pool or a, a hot tub and make sure they stay in good working order. Right. Do you feel that people are more, I, I guess, in tune with the chemical aspect and not the electricity, that that's first and foremost, like when it gets cloudy and they just think because their pool was put in, they don't have to worry? Yeah, I think it's a great point, Dana. Um you know, the, the treatment of the water, maintaining the security around the pool, right. uh, keep people from getting in accidentally. Those are things that are really apparent and probably are more um, at the top of the homeowner's radar screen or more prominent on the radar screen. The electrical piece, um, and you mentioned earlier, people are starting to um, ramp up with their uh, putting their pools into uh, working order uh, for the spring. Um, sometimes that requires taking parts and putting them, you know, away for the winter, maybe disconnecting the motor. So little things like the cord plugging into the receptacle and maybe the ground prong gets broken off. It still works, but that safety feature is gone. So those are things that you know, in addition to the pool chemicals and the security, right. making sure the electrical system is still functional and functionally safe mm -hmm. is, is really important. 
Right. No, for sure. And what is, and I actually had never heard of this before, but what's electric shock drowning and how can a homeowner prevent it from happening in a pool in our hot tub? Yeah. Um, electric shock, let's first make the distinction between electrocution and electric shock drowning. Right. Electrocution is where the the current is actually uh, um it goes through a person's body to the point where it stops a vital organ, um, such as the heart. And so in that case, they would be electrocuted, um, people coming in contact with energized electrical components. Right, right. Electric shock drowning mm -hmm. is a little different. They are, there's still electrical current involved, but what happens is they're not receiving a severe enough shock to have a physiological effect like stopping of the heart, but it is disabling okay. um, muscular control. Okay. And so maybe they're not able to move. And then all of a sudden they, they're not able to swim or stay afloat. They drown, but the, the reason they drown is because their body was de disabled by the electrical current. So it's an important distinction, mm -hmm. uh, you know, between electric shock drowning and actual electrocution. Um, and how do we prevent that from happening? Yeah. Number one, if you're having a pool installed, have it installed, you know, the electrical system by professionals who are familiar with um, pool wiring and the uh, code requirements for pool mm -hmm. wiring. Number two, keep the electrical system up to par as far as maintaining it so that it stays as safe as the day when it was first installed. Right. So are there any warning signs of electrical issues in the pool, like flickering lights or if a swimmer feels tingling? You know, what are what does that look like? Well, uh, a flickering light, like an underwater light, if it's flickering, maybe it's just a uh, a loose bulb or, or, or lamp within the light, or maybe there's some malfunction, but it should be checked to make sure it's not an electrical connection that's come loose. And of course, with underwater lights, the connections are in the water. And so that could be a cause of electrical current migrating into the water. Um, so certainly if you see a flickering light, um, check it out. Make sure you understand why that is flickering. Now, feeling tingling in the water, um, that's certainly a sign that something is wrong, that there's electrical current in the water. There's what we call there's these circles of electrical current. It's called the voltage gradient. And actually, it's a, a circles of electrical voltage rather than mm -hmm. current. And when a person swims through that, they're it, they're kind of an extended conductor. From their hands to their feet, there is a resistance through the body. And the body resistance lowers, of course, when it's wet. And also when the water enters through all your body openings. So you become a fairly good conductor in the water. And... If you're feeling that tingling, there is a voltage gradient that exists within the swimming pool. That's a sure sign that there's either a problem with your pool wiring. There could be an underground cable that has um, gone to ground and it is 
causing the electrical current in the water. There's any number of reasons, but you should find out why you're feeling that tingle in the pool. For sure. So is there a way to shut off uh, the electricity to the pool? Like, is there a breaker by, you know, all of the other equipment? Maybe it's on the other side of the fence or is it elsewhere on the property? Well, there are rules within the code for having local switches and means to turn the power off for like motors and, and heaters. But the surest way to turn the power off to your pool equipment is mm -hmm. to know where the circuit breakers are in your panel. It could be in the main panel that comes in from the utility. It could be a sub panel um, that, as we call them, that has been installed exclusively to, to power the pool equipment, but know where the breakers are, make sure you can get to them quickly if necessary and have the breakers marked labeled so you know exactly what you're turning off. Right. No, that's that's a really good point. So should GFCI be used for pools and hot tubs? Oh, absolutely. Uh, GFCIs um, in history, in electrical history, GFCIs have been around since the 70s. And one of the first uses for GFCIs was with swimming pools. Oh, wow. Um, so they have a long association with swimming pool electrical safety. The um, GOCIs just, um, they, they should be used. It's required that they be used. So um, there are a number of electrical code requirements that mandate the use of GFCIs. For instance, like the pump motor for the underwater lights. Um, so the, the use of GFCI, GFCIs to provide electrical safety in the swimming pool environment is very prevalent. That's a really good thing to know. So for any new listeners or readers out there, can you explain exactly what a GFCI is? Yeah, first off, the acronym is for ground fault circuit interrupter. And unlike fuses and circuit breakers, GFCIs are looking at the electrical current going in and coming back on a circuit. And if there is a path that current takes, like through the human body, right. that GFCI monitors it and it opens up the circuit. Um, GFCIs, have, since their inception and since their inclusion in the electrical code, have saved thousands of lives. Um, there, We have them in our homes, um, in kitchens and bathrooms and basements and areas that are more prone to electrical uh, shock um, exposures. And, and certainly with uh, swimming pools, um, the GFCI is an essential life safety and uh, uh, device. Good to know. So many people have electrical devices around their pool decks, um, including TVs, radios, et cetera. So how far should all of that electrical equipment be in relation to the water? Well, one of, with the um, NEC, we require most of the electrical devices, except of course the underwater lights, which are right in the pools. Right. Um, but we require a six foot separation, for instance, for a outdoor outlet, a plug. Um, from the swimming pool, the edge of the swimming pool to the 
to the plug. Mm-hmm. Um, TVs and radios, uh, those are the those are end user uh, types of appliances, and we really don't control their proximity in the electrical code. But this Consumer Product Safety Commission rep, uh, recommends a ten foot separation okay. for those, and it's also important to note that a lot of those appliances like TVs and radios um, aren't really rated for use in a wet or a damp environment. I know people like to have those devices out there, but they need to be cognizant of when they are at the pool or hot tub area, they don't have the same insulation they would if they're inside their home and maybe with their shoes and socks on outside at the pool or spa or hot tub, they have uh, bare feet, they're wet, so they're more conductive. And if there's any problems with those devices, as far as leakage current, they're more prone to a shock. So um, certainly the recommendation would be very, be very judicious about what you put out there uh, for appliances and the fact that you are a more conductive uh, body um, when you're in that uh, environment. Also, using extension cords to bring power, make sure those extension cords are plugged into a GFCI. Right, right. That's a really good point. So what if somebody wanted to take maybe a Bluetooth speaker out? Because I don't know that people are really carrying around the radios and plugging in. So it's more, you know, yeah. speakers are mounted or you yeah. a Bluetooth. Is that safer to have around water or not at all? Yeah, certainly the Bluetooth um is operating at a level of voltage that is is safer than something that's plugged in directly to a 120 volt outlet. Right. Um, but one of the other things we have to be careful of with um, battery operated devices, particularly a lot of your battery operated tools, they're now up in the range of 30 or 40 volts in some cases. So be careful. It, just because it's battery operated doesn't mean it's necessarily safe. We have certain levels of voltage for even uh, the low voltage underwater lights. And many of these battery operated tools, the batteries operated a voltage that's higher than that low voltage, what we call the low voltage contact limit. Okay. So for homeowners with older pools, when should they get an electrician to come in and inspect all of the equipment, the electrical devices, and make sure that everything is safe? Is is there you know a certain amount of years in between if you're moving into a new house that's older or you know what does that look like yeah we don't have anything that's codified as far as a timetable mm-hmm. um certainly if you're purchasing a home that has an existing swimming pool um we would highly recommend that you have the swimming pool inspected the electrical system to make sure that all of the safety components are there and they're functional. Um, And then after that, um, again, we don't have a recommendation on the timetable, but certainly um, maybe every five years would be a prudent uh, timetable to have these things inspected. Plus making sure that um, the, the homeowner themselves, that they're taking a look at these things on a regular basis to make sure everything is functional. GFCIs, most um, GFCI manufacturers uh, recommend testing the GFCI, the little 
test buttons that you have on the GSIs monthly. Okay, that it is a very important thing. I actually had that happen this morning. I was wondering why the coffee maker wasn't working. It's because I needed to hit that button again, yeah. uh, the reset button. So for homeowners looking to install a pool or a hot tub, they should obviously look for an electrician to come and connect their pool and hot tub. They shouldn't have a handyman do it or somebody else. It should be a licensed electrician. Um, yeah, it, it, certainly we use the term qualified because not every state in the country has a licensing program, but they should be a qualified right. electrician. And certainly I would recommend asking that electrician if they are experienced in doing swimming pool installations. It's it's a niche that they're, for instance, in Florida and California and, and some of your Sunbelt states, Arizona, there are electrical contractors and their primary business is putting in swimming pool installations. Right. Whereas when you get into the northern tier states and you don't have quite as many swimming pools, not every electrician is going to be experienced in that. So make sure they've got some background in, uh, in doing that. And it, it it's certainly beyond the expertise of most handymen, uh, even though they may try to say that they know how to do it, and certainly beyond the expertise of most DIYers. Right. I feel like if you're a DIYer, you should not kind of venture into that electrical space, not... You know, I, I, um, I've used this kind of statement... You can make things work, but it doesn't guarantee that they're working safely. And I, I think that's the case. And, and I know a lot of DIYers are very good at uh, putting things in, but making them work and making them work safely are, are two different, different things. things. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I agree with that. So are there any other electrical safety tips homeowners looking to install a pool or hot tub need to know? It's an electrical uh, system that requires uh, the, the property owner to be vigilant as far as making sure all those safety components are functional and that all, for instance, um, when the pumps in the northern tier states, they may be taken in to the basement of the garage during the winter. Right. They're put back out in the spring to get the pool going. There's probably a solid copper wire that was connected to that pump. And will the pump work without that solid wire connected? Sure it will. And so people might think, well, it works. Without that wire connected, it probably was superfluous. No, that solid copper wire is a huge piece of the electrical safety system around a swimming pool. So again, um, if you do a lot of these things yourself, make sure that uh, you're putting it back exactly the way it was originally installed. Right. You know what a good thing to do also is before I feel you put things away for the winter months or, you know, during off season, photos should maybe be taken. That's a great, that's so a great, they go back, you know, yeah, document for sure, for sure. Then you'll remember exactly how it was. And the 
the GFCI functionality. The GFCIs are what stand between you and electric shock hazards. So making sure they're working. And one of the other things about the GFCIs, and they're so important, we're talking a lot about them, but if they do trip, like you talked about this morning, there's generally a reason. Um, some people will say, oh, it's a nuisance trip. Well, GFCIs are very reliable. And typically, if it trips, it's tripped because it's doing what it's supposed to do. It's seen something that is not working properly, and it's provided the protection that mm -hmm. it's intended to provide or it's uh, uh, designed to provide. So um, people write it off that, oh, it's just the, the device malfunctioning. No, um, very few times is it a malfunction of the device generally it's going to be that the GOCI is telling you there's a problem somewhere and see if you can find out where that problem exists. Right, for sure. That's a really good point. So is there anything that we haven't covered that you feel our listeners and readers would want to know about? The pools, there's millions of pools installed in this country. Um, the majority of them have electrical circuits and, and they operate safely. Right. Uh, where we see the tragedies occur is that there's some piece of the safety system that was compromised. Uh, maybe the wiring to an underwater light uh, mm -hmm. has over the years corroded and the insulation uh, is exposed, has degraded off the conductor and you've got electrical current in the water. Or, or, or maybe someone tried to do a repair and they weren't qualified to do it and put it back. And, you know, that's where we've had our tragedies. But right. a, a, a system that's put in and maintained per the uh, NEC requirements um, is a safe system. Well, wonderful. Jeff, it was an absolute pleasure having you on today. You are filled with just a wealth of knowledge and information for all of our listeners and viewers. So, Thank you on behalf of VIP Homelink for coming today, and we look forward to many more podcasts with you. Thanks, Dana. Really appreciate the time to spend with you and, and uh, your viewers, and have a good uh, pool season. Thank you.